This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by the Nature Publishing Group. It's the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. In the early 2000s, there was a lot of interest in population screening for the variant in the HFE gene that causes hemochromatosis. This can lead to serious iron overload and can cause liver disease, such as cirrhosis and cancer. But the interest in population screening waned, says Anne-Marie Laberge, a medical geneticist at CHU Saint-Justine, a maternal child health academic hospital in Montreal. A few of the studies that came out in the early 2000s raised the question about the penetrance of the condition, which means that even though we would be screening a lot of people, maybe not so many would benefit from prevention if the disease doesn't actually present in very many people who have the genotype. Dr. Leberge wrote a recent commentary in the journal Genetics and Medicine about a paper investigating whether the penetrance of the condition might, in fact, be higher. Early studies suggested it was only 1%. That is, only 1% of people with two copies of the genetic variant actually came down with hemochromatosis. But such studies were flawed, says Dr. Leberge, in part because the conditions that were considered disease were too narrow. So people who would only have diabetes or only have liver disease but not other manifestations would not be counted as having hemochromatosis. So because they had a very strict definition of what the disease was, the penetrance for the full-on disease was very low. Um, If you use a, a definition that's a little bit broader, that includes people who have some of the manifestations and complications, if not all, then um, your penetrance will be considered higher. Scott Gross is a research economist at the Centers for Disease Control in the National Center on Birth Defects and Developmental Disabilities. He's co-author of the recent Genetics and Medicine paper that re-evaluated the penetrance of the HFE variant. He says that another problem with previous studies is that they only took a snapshot of the population at the time, rather than following the cohort over years to see whether they developed disease later in life, which is when symptoms of hemochromatosis generally appear. So he decided to do a meta-analysis of the published papers that followed participants over many years. They focused on males who have a higher penetrance of the disease than females. The largest such study was conducted in Australia, and the authors of that study became Dr. Gross's co-authors on this review. They limited their cohort to males who had been followed to at least 60 years of age. Overall, in reviewing the literature, they found that for those males who were followed to at least age 60, the penetrance of the HFE variant in terms of severe liver disease alone was 9%. But there's a fairly wide confidence interval for that figure, says Dr. Gross. It's because this is not a common outcome. The studies don't have a large number of people that are followed. If we had, say, 200 people with this gene variant who were each followed over a 10-year period, we could come up with a much more precise estimate of risk. But because we're dealing with very small numbers, the confidence interval is wide. That said, he does have confidence that it's an unbiased estimate. It could be 9%, it could be 10%. If you say the threshold is, is the risk of liver disease greater than 5%, which is the the criterion the ACMG uses, I'm very confident it's greater than 5%. That 5% figure is key because it's generally the bar for genetic variants that the ACMG deems actionable and ones that should be returned to patients if they're uncovered during exome sequencing. The HFE variant that can lead to hemochromatosis when present in both copies of an individual's HFE gene is not at the moment on the ACMG incidental findings list. Dr. Gross says he can't comment on whether it should be included on the ACMG list, but that he is confident that the penetrance is greater than 5%. 
Dr. LaBerge says that inclusion on the ACMG list certainly would make sense, especially given how preventable serious problems are if the diagnosis is made early, but she doesn't think it would have much of an effect. It seems to me that it's certainly as actionable as a lot of the other genes on that list. But right now, most of the uh, individuals who are being uh, tested clinically with whole exome sequencing or whole genome sequencing are still mostly children. They are not the target uh, risk group for this condition and are unlikely to benefit from being identified at such a young age. So I think uh, from a public health standpoint, uh, including it in the ACMG gene list is unlikely to have an impact on population health. She says this review article does bring back the question of population screenings. The fact that this article comes up with a a penetrance estimate that's higher than the previous ones that we had, raises the question of whether we should be looking for ways to do population screening, at least in at-risk groups, especially older males, because they're the most at risk of developing complications. Both researchers say there are still many questions to be answered before such screening would be implemented. One outstanding question is when treatment would start, before high iron levels appear or after, and even the level that iron should be in the blood after transfusions to reduce the iron load. Then there's how to do the screening itself. If you're looking at population screening from a public health perspective, then you would need to have protocols for who you screen, how you screen them, what you do with them once you've screened them, and resources to put all of that into place. Those questions lead to still more questions. What is the acceptability of screening to the population? It's primarily males, especially uh, males of European ancestry who are at risk. And so previous uh, policy analyses of population screening for hemochromatosis have suggested that it would be targeted to males of European ancestry, which raises all kinds of issues about do you target clinical preventive services just to a certain racial ethnic group or gender? We are not advocating that screening. That's just one of multiple issues that would need to be addressed. So uh, hemochromatosis does affect mostly Caucasians, not only, but mostly. So uh, there are difficulties there in deciding whether you screen everyone or you do targeted screening, kind of like when the first carry screening recommendations came out for cystic fibrosis. It, it was recommended that it be offered mostly to Caucasians and non-Hispanic whites, but be made available to all populations. So you know, can we target some groups without making sure that we're not blocking access to people who are at lower risk but may still benefit from being screened? Genetics and Medicine is the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by the Nature Publishing Group. I'm Cynthia Graber.